Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in wide. Close by Bishop. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Not defunct, just very lazy. Uh, lunging into the new campaign with as much finesse as a Declan Gallagher tackle, having studiously ignored those visible indicators of last season's many, many failures, the League Cup group stages, and not being able to summon the enthusiasm to detail another bloodless capitulation at Parkhead. We're back to review the 4-1 win over Simone on Saturday that brought Jim Goodwin his third league win in 14 attempts as Don manager. A win that sees him sail past, motor beyond Tommy Pearson, and now possessing only the third worst start as an AFC manager. But we're not meant to let such trifles distract us, are we? It's a new season, we've signed about 100 players, and positivity is the watchword. And here as ever to spread nothing but positive vibes is Martin Clunas. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing fine, Martin. I've got to say that at times during the tail end of last season, I was tempted to reconstitute this podcast and start reviewing, I don't know, the summer test match series or the last season of Succession or the inessential vinyl you bought at the last record store day. Just anything <laughs> to detract us, distract us from AFC. Have your batteries been suitably recharged over the summer? Oh, they, de- they definitely have, yeah. I mean, I would know. I'm not going to lie. I would have liked a World Cup in the summer, but we weren't. But we didn't. We didn't get one. Um, but batteries have been fully charged. You no, know, I enjoyed the preseason. I enjoyed the. You no, know, despite the fact that you no, know, they were you no know, pretty much coasting most of the time. I enjoyed the, the League Cup group stage games. Um, and yeah, we're all ready to go. Absolutely bristling with positivity here. Good. I'm very glad to hear it. Uh, now, showing our commitment to a podcast, a pathway, making us here we go debut tonight is Anthony Evans. Anthony, how are you? How are we doing, guys? Pleasure to be here. Great to have you on. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your Don supporting background, then. Well, uh, okay, well, uh, probably, I mean, I, I'm born and raised in Aberdeen uh, my whole life. Uh, the, the problem being is that none of my family, apart from my brother who's not into football, uh, none of us are actually from here. My dad's a scouser, and uh, my mum's from... Um, down, you know, less less loading, sort of Glasgow way. So, uh, you know, it was really the onus uh, of my mates, really, they kind of got me into the Dons probably about, I don't know, 20, 2011, 2012, I started to start going regularly, uh, you know, and then obviously the, the Derek McInnes years, that's where kind of where I really uh, became a, a Dons fan, if you like, really. Started following them home and away, and, you know, I've seen many, many days since then, you know, started off really well, and obviously the last. The tail enders, you know, the tail end of his uh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen tenure as manager is sort of. You know, we all we all know how it ended, really, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how how much I've been. Uh, it's been a part of my life since then, and like I say, I live and breathe it. I love, still got as many games as I can, even with it. You know, I'm pursuing a, a, a career in sports journalism, so I still get as many games as I can, and uh, yeah, I'm delighted to you know to be asked to come on here. 
Yeah, I mean, this uh, by and large, even though some of the contributors might uh, work or aspire to work in sports journalism, it's by and large a podcast for and yeah. of people that pay to get their way into games. And it's uh, really just a, a sort of mm. terracing view. Anthony, uh, obviously 2011 is a damn tough inoculation if that's your if that's your first couple of seasons <laughs> as a Dons fan. Uh, but what what do you reckon was your yeah. favourite Pitodri moment so far? Oh, if I had to pick one, again, there's probably been quite a few, but the one that really stands out was probably James Madison's winning free kick, I would say, um, against Rangers. You know, I think that was the last time we beat him at, in the, at home in the league, if, if you might correct me if I'm wrong, but uh kind of shows you how long that's been. But yeah, I think that was a real a real moment. Again, you know, we had, we had a good couple of seasons then, obviously leading off the back of the previous season where we you know we, we ran Celtic close for, for a time. Um, and then, you know, say 2016-17 was a, you know, a good season as well, obviously finishing runners-up in all of the uh, you know the cups and the leagues that year, but uh, yeah, I think that was a real stand-up moment. I was in section Y for that game. I don't usually sit there, but it was some bounce even at the other end of the ground, uh, watching the you know the free kick fly in the top corner uh, from from down the other end. But yeah, I think that's a real stand-up moment for me personally. Uh, you and many, many more, I'm sure. And uh, competing what we might call a panel, uh, but more accurately, we will call the two blokes that will dig the regulars out of their cliche holes is uh, Matt Finlay. Matt, you were with us way back when in the early seasons of this nonsense. I can't even remember how we came across you. Did you do a blog back then? I honestly can't remember. By the way, for the benefit of younger listeners, blogs were like podcasts, but without speaking on them. Um, I possibly did. Uh, I, I also, like Anthony, did uh, sports journalism at uh, UWS and AIR. So um, that was kind of my first forte in uh, for uh, sports journalism, I suppose, and yeah, I would probably been about then. I think I would probably just hounded you for a uh, looking for some, <laughs> looking for some content, looking for some experience, and you took me on one one Monday night. I'm pretty sure to chat about well better times as a Dons fan anyway. Certainly, around about then. Uh, and uh, what do we think to this season? Do we think that this season uh, is going to be better times for being a Dons fan compared to the last couple? It's got to be, isn't it? I mean, last last year in particular was just so bad towards the end of the season. It was just there's obviously that real danger that you could get we could get relegated and I think it was that that Dundee game that kind of allowed us to just relax a little bit but it was so turgid it was every match just seemed the same all the ball no but no no ideas in front of goals and then if we conceded one we just never knew how to get back into it and uh, it's got to be better it's it's obviously you know been a, a tough couple of years and uh, but hopefully I'm, I'm feeling positive new season and all that all that nonsense uh, we'll hopefully I get back to winning ways again. Well, on to the visit at St Mirren then, and um, an early upset to the plans that might have been laid out with uh, Hayden Coulson's injury. Now, Anthony, it's uh, never nice to have to reshuffle like that, uh, but in this case, slightly serendipitous mm. in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, I know it's funny the way football works, and it sometimes. I mean, I was, I wasn't even obviously the, you know, the Clarkson deal only went through, you know, officially, you know, before the game. So I think that's the real, there was a real doubt whether he'd even be involved, but. Uh, yeah, just football's a funny old game, and like I say, hopefully the injury's not too serious uh, for Coulson. I don't, I don't think we know the full extent of it really, but uh, yeah, thankfully Clarkson was able to come on and probably had a, a better debut than you know any of us could have imagined for really. I mean, Matt, it was I, I thought it was actually quite brave to take Clarkson on. I, you know, I was chatting to um, my mate beside me during the game when Coulson was in. I'm thinking, okay, what are your options? You move Hayes to left back, bring Roberts on. I actually didn't expect him to kind of make the uh, the number of reshuffles that you needed to do to introduce Clarkson so early. Yeah, it was an interesting one and definitely a brave one. And you know, obviously, you know, as Anthony touched on, signing in the morning, you know, you're unsure. I think 
I don't know if it was post-match quotes saying that they're really only expecting to give him a half an hour max. And uh, fair play to the boy, you know, he came on and he obviously took his chance. Uh, had a couple of, he just looked so so good. You know, I, I watched it on the telly, so I wasn't able to see truly his you know positioning and things like that. But he just seemed to slot right in there, and then obviously capped off with a phenomenal goal. Yeah, Martin Leighton Clarkson, twenty years old. Um from Liverpool, uh, originally from Blackburn, uh, basically had the Ryan Hedges role before Ryan Hedges moved to Blackburn last season of attacking midfielder, not getting any game time. Uh, so uh, cut short his loan deal there last season. But um, you know, James Madison's already had a mention in this podcast, but the comparisons are going to be coming out if uh, we get any sort of continuation uh, like we do. Uh, we get any continuation from Saturday uh, of the same standard because it was uh, it was a very good debut. You know, I don't think any of us are going to pretend to pretend to have known much about him. That you know, he's not played a lot of he's not played a hell of a lot of senior football. Obviously, being only only twenty, um, but he, yeah, it was really impressive. It's unfortunate, you no, know, that we had to make a change. We had to bring him on, but um, no, you have to again. It's this early in the season, you have to put the trust in the manager, and he's clearly looked at this guy, or he's the guy's been identified, and he's see, he's seen enough of him um, to know that there's a there's a lot of ability there. And there, you know, as you, you know, we, we we mentioned James Madison, he was the kind of he was the same. He came up here um, with you no know, bags and bags of ability. That what we're told about, we're told good things about him. You no, know, perhaps he was just coming up to learn a little bit and maybe toughen up. If if that's what Leighton Clarkson's here to do, then. You know, great. If you know, we keep him for a season and we can get that sort of performances out of him, um, it'll be it'll be excellent. Um, it, it gives a it give you know, a cliche number one for you here, Richard. It gives the manager a headache now. Um, excellent. We'll take them yeah, off as we go on tonight. You, you take them off, yeah, because you know now now he's got somebody who clearly has got you know, absolute you no know, ability to spare, um, and. He has to decide what he's going to do in terms of his lineup if he's going to make changes. Um, that midfield is becoming more and more packed um, as the, as the weeks go on. Yeah, in fact, cliche bingo might be a way forward if anyone wants to take the time to put that together for any uh, for future weeks on this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we'd be calling house around about the time of uh, Martin's third interjection. Um, but. Let me talk a bit more about Leighton Clarkson uh, with you, Anthony, because, um, you know, I, I know, and now I know why, but because of, obviously, your, your family background, you're, you're a bit of a Liverpool fan, so yeah. you can tell us maybe a mm-hmm. little bit more. Obviously, he's been really on the fringes and really just seen in a Liverpool team, um, yeah. you know, in the sort of um, lower-ranked cup matches. But, um, you know, again, mm. if, if you're going to be on Liverpool's books and you're going to be in and around the first team basically for any game there's going to be a talent there what's he got about him do you think to make him more like a Madison and less like a Teddy Jenks well like you say Martin did mention there that you know there's been a real sort of lack of senior football we've seen him in but you know from what I've seen I do tend sometimes to watch not as much now but particularly the last maybe year or two or the year before that I did watch a bit of him in the under 23s but I always got the impression he was more of a sort of holding player Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe, you know, Goodwin's had the conversations with the, the staff at Liverpool, maybe, or the scouts or whatever, maybe they can see that they've, they can add something else to this game, that, uh, you know, maybe um, what's not been expected of Liverpool, because I always thought the games I watched, even the, the, the brief first-time appearances he's had, you know, he's just more of a player, he sort of just gives it and gets it, really, uh, you know, sits maybe plays a number six, really, sort of in front of the back four, does the simple stuff well, and, you know, lets the more creative players, uh, you know, 
express themselves and you know and try and get a goal or whatever. But you know maybe 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 Aberdeen have spotted something there. Maybe whoever they've you know been I'm sure they've been keeping tabs on them for a while. You know I'm sure Goodwin's been a keen admirer. They maybe feel that he's got an element to his game that you know we've not seen too much of and that they can you know really showcase and you know what what start he's made. So yeah, let's let's hope he is that kind of more attacking midfielder that I guess we've been craving for you know since Madison left. Really, there's not been too many. Well, Ryan Christie had a good spell initially, but yeah, we're definitely been lacking that sort of creating player. I know Ryan Hedges was another one, but especially someone that you know was I mean, Hedges was a bit more versatile. I would say in terms of you know one day he's playing off the front, but other days he's you know he's playing off the right or even off onto the left. And sometimes when when you know McInnes changed that formation to the uh, the five at the back, um, you know towards the end of his time. But yeah, you know really good signs with him so far, and let's hope he can uh, have a great season up here and. Who knows after that if we can get a hold of him another year or I don't know his contract situation at Liverpool, but yeah, what a great start he's made. Yeah, that, that's interesting, Matt, isn't it? Because uh, really looking at Saturday's game, he, he did dovetail well with Ramadani, but if, if anyone was certainly the more forward of those two, it was Clarkson. What I liked about him, even before we go to the goal, uh, it, it's just that ability to play with his head up. Um, which I grant you is easier to do on an August pitch than it will be to do on a December or January pitch. But um, he just had that ability to, um, you know, be so comfortable in possession and be looking to drive us forward. It was something which was left really to Conor Barron last season as kind of the only one in that midfield who uh, was able to do that. And, you know, I wonder if the combination of McCrory and Ramadani had that between them. Um, possibly. I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, I, I think you're, you're right to say that um, Clarkson definitely plays with his head up. And I think he's obviously, pl- he plays currently how he's taught to play. He's like an academy player. You see it with Connor Barry, you know, I remember Ethan Ross in particular, who was always keen to get the ball, drive forward, take on players, you know, show the little glimpses. And, you know, you might you might not necessarily get that with McCrory and um, Ramadani. So it offers you something different. And I think, you know, that it's very good options to have in the middle of the park if it, once Barron comes back as well. The four, the four of them in there could be really, really good, particularly as well if we can keep our defenders fit. So uh, it doesn't mean McCrory has to drop back. I mean, broadly speaking, Martin, what do you reckon? Is it going to be McCrory and Ramadani for the uh, sort of tougher away games and uh, maybe Clarkson Barron getting more game time and those home games that we expect perhaps to be the dominant team? I think that would make sense. I mean, don't. Definitely, Ramadani and McQuarrie are going to our, our first picks in the team anyway. It's just a case of where they where they have the slot in, um, and obviously, you know, we need to work out um, in terms of like injury, what's happening to Coulson. That will obviously decide as well where um, what we're going to be doing at left back and you know where McCrory will go. But yeah, I mean, you know, you you like I say the harder away games, you probably will see that. But I think you know it, games at home against your St Mirrens, and yeah, no, I know we're going to discuss obviously. Yeah, they went down to ten men. Um, but game home games against the teams that are going to be near the bottom of the table, where we're going to need a bit of a, you know, maybe a bit of, a bit of intelligence, somebody to maybe try and you know, pick a pass and things like that. Um, you're looking for, you know, guys like Barron, guys like Clarkson, um, to create stuff for you. Yeah. Well, what of Connor Barron? Because yeah, I mean, you talk about player pathways, um, Anthony, and you know, really Clarkson's rival appears to further block that pathway for Conor Barron. It's, it's been noticeable that no youth team graduates have seen minutes uh, in the two league games so far. 
Um, this obviously follows on the back of Stephen Glass being the first one to pick an Aberdeen team without a youth team graduate. Now, it's pure luck, pure chance that that record lasted as long as it did. And ultimately, I want Aberdeen to win games. I'm not particularly concerned with the makeup of the team as such, but it's something we pride ourselves in and something obviously we put a lot of time, money and effort into making sure that our young players are as best as they could. So does it feel a bit odd to you that the sort of first two managers who, who quite possibly have a mandate to actually play youth as part of their contract are the, are the ones which have kind of shied away from that? You're right to mention there that, you know, I think you speak for a lot of Aberdeen fans at the moment that we were so deprived of really any wins last season, you know, especially on a consistent level, you know, we might have got one here and there that, you know, ultimately the results are the, you know, the most important thing. But I guess having someone like Andy Constein was always a safe bet with that, that you were able to, to keep that record going. But now, you know, like you say, with we've added so many players in midfield and left back with the competition with you know Colson's going to bring. It's it's not a given that you know these guys are going to get in, and especially with Connor Barron, we all know how fantastic he is. But you know with the injury he suffered, he's basically missed you know the majority of the preseason. I think he played the St Johnston you know the behind closed doors game, but other than that, you know he, he's going to be way behind the guys that came. And obviously Ramadan, he was you know he's not even probably not he's not himself isn't up to full speed yet, and he's already putting some brilliant performances but uh, you know I'm sure we're all desperate to see Connor back in he's a terrific player you know the, the only the real um, moment of last season you know, the real positive from it you know in terms of his fast tracking really obviously had a great loan spell uh, Kelly Hurts before that but yeah it is, a, it is a bit strange but you know ultimately we need to get back into winning games consistently which is what we've not been able to do you know for quite some time and I guess you know I think I still think he could possibly get in our strongest team, but again, it's very circumstantial, really, in terms of you know McCrory having to play in defence sometimes and uh, with the injuries uh, elsewhere. So you know we'll have to wait and see, but uh, we're desperate to see him back, and you know, I'm I'm a huge fan. I just hope he can get fit, you know, as soon as, as soon as possible, really. Matt, are you also a huge fan of Connor Barron? Um, you know, I think he did. He looked. <laughs> obviously given the circumstances it, that we were all clinging on to something but it looked good at the end of last season but it wasn't a team that was really really struggling yeah I'm a big fan of him I've, I've seen him uh, kind of play for a, a few years now when I, when I was at the club um, for two seasons I, I was able to see him kind of uh, grow in the, the under eight first off the you know development team and then the reserves and you were able to just really see like he was, he's such a little guy. He's obviously, I think he has filled out a little bit, but like stature-wise, if you stand next to him, he's, he's tiny, really. Um, but, he, you know, he's he's just a fantastic player. Like I said, plays with the ball at his feet, always looking up and things. And, and you're right to also mention that last season, towards the end, when he got into the team, you know, it was we were kind of just... Well, we weren't exactly playing for nothing, though, I suppose, because only a couple of wins would have got us into the top six. So, really, you know, it was brave to just throw him in there. But, he, you know, he was absolutely brilliant. He, he, he stood out, you know, and, and rightly kind of got the Young Player of the Year award. So, I, I've got a lot of high hopes for him. I don't think he deserve, I don't think he needs to go out on loan or anything like that. I think once he gets back in, you know, he's been given the number eight shirt as well this season, which I think is, you know, whatever way you look at shirt numbers or not, you know, it is quite telling. I think he's he's got a right chance to go and have a good season here. Uh, Martin, I'm not obviously going to move on from the discussion about Leighton Clarkson without discussing the goal because such a pure strike. Uh, a moving ball, doesn't take a touch, first time, bang, top corner. Just magnificent moment. It was just, no, um, something with something that sort of goal, something we'd have been deprived of, just, I know, an absolute thunder bastard. Um, just one really just smashing through the net. I've obviously saw the 
the footage of the goal from um, from it, from behind the goal with no, with no commentary on it's excellent. When you hear it hit the net as well, that that really satisfying just split second before the before the crowd go mental. Um, just just brilliant. You 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 know, you want to see young players in the team. You want to see you know guys taking shots from distance and you no know, smashing in goals like that. And you know he's in, or he's already with you know within within that few minutes that he was on there and he scored that he's endeared himself to the fans. Um, He's no everybody's already in love with him now. Uh, what just what an absolute brilliant strike and um, I suppose you know he's 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 put a lot of pressure on him now because now every time he gets the ball you're going to hear the word shoot. <laughs> everybody's going to be wanting to hear it again, uh, much like Scott McKenna did from any point on the pitch. But um, I'm so, I'm so I'm so excited to see more of this guy. Um, you know just. You know, for, for what he can do, how he looked, um, I thought, I thought on the ball and when he was passing about, he looked, you know, he looked way but way ahead of his years, um, and to to do that on your debut um, is something really special. And you know, I know he's only on loan, um, but um, I think we're going to we're going to enjoy seeing this guy play. Uh, you want to nominate your favorite ever debut goal? My favorite ever debut. Oh Jesus! Um, I think you know. I wasn't I wasn't there, but um, I think I think you you just can't you just can't look past Hans Hellhaus, can you? Pretty special, to be fair. Pretty special, uh, Matt. Any more recent nominations? <laughs> I was just trying to think before I came on air here. I mean, it wasn't on his debut, I suppose, but his home debut. Stevie May scored that ro- uh, rocket mm, to beat Dundee yeah. late on. That was a, that was brilliant. I remember Mackay Stephen well, lovely little back heel, and oh, we thought we had a player in our hands then, but. Uh, I unfortunately didn't quite come out, but um, no, re- recent memories, I, c- I can't think of any really on the top of my head, like recent debuts, I think maybe the last one was would have been James Wilson potentially scored, I mean, it wasn't a peach mm. or anything, I just remember it, um, Rooney scored in his debut at Motherwell, so, mm-hmm. and it was a penalty, so uh, there's, a, there's a few, but uh, you know, in terms of actual strikes, strikes of the ball, you know, um, very, very good, and uh, maybe a shout out to Lewis Ferguson, obviously in the the second game of his Don's career, the, the overhead kick at Burnley. But yeah, I've not really covered any good debuts. Then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, Clarkson obviously meant coming on meant John, uh, not John Skills, obviously not John Skills, Liam Skills at left back. Um, how do we think he did there? And um, again. Is it just a product of circumstances that you've now got two left-backs uh, out injured that he's being forced to shuffle over there? Or do, do we think that the manager thinks he's just as comfortable playing out there, Anthony? Oh, definitely. I think so. You know, we've seen that in uh, even some of the pre-season games and the cup games that, you know, we're just making subs, you know, to get people uh, more minutes, really, that he was he went across there a couple of times. So I'm sure that Goodwin has got total, uh, you know, confidence in him to play that role. And uh, like you say, with you know Jack McKenzie's not quite up to speed, and we've got Colson's injury. We've got the two young lads uh, in Gemwa and uh, I forgot his name now. Um, oh, sorry, Mason Hancock going out on loan. So you know, I guess we've also got Johnny Hayes that can play there. But I think he will be the backup in that in that position. You know, if he has to go there, which obviously he might have to do now with uh, with Colson, you know, going out injured. But uh, oh, definitely that versatility I think is going to be you know really important to us. A bit like Ross McCorry, obviously he can play a couple of different positions. So. I'm sure you know throughout the season when you know we're coming into difficult months, uh, 
in terms of the fixtures getting congested, you know, uh, leading up to the World Cup and after that, um, you know, we're gonna, players are going to have to sort of move around and um, help out the team the best they can. So, yeah, I think we can see Scales play, playing left-back, but obviously you, you prefer him and uh, Anthony Stewart, who look like they've got a really good partnership growing already to, you know, to be able to play together. So we'll have to wait and see, really, hopefully injury-free, you know, then uh, when the full, the full team's back up in terms of fitness, uh, you know, we'll be able to see him in, this, in the position next to Stewart. With the caveat, obviously, that we had a major disruption after 10 minutes with the injury to Coulson, it, it was not in a fairly even contest up until uh, Declan Gallagher's sending off. Um, but, you know, credit to the side for taking hold of the game from that point and not letting up until it was won. Uh, 100%. I mean, look, how many times in the past have we seen, you know, teams come, teams come up to Pataudry, you know, they get a man sent off, and then it's just, you know, the, the nine outfield players behind the ball uh, for the rest of the game and we struggle to break him, break him down um, or, God forbid, we get hot with a, hot with a, on a break with a, with a sucker punch. Um, so I think it is, yeah, it is credit to them to, you know, I mean, I, mean, I think, well, if I'm being on, well, I'll say it anyway, I think Gallagher should have been off for the first one anyway. Um, I think it was, a, I, I thought it was, a, that was an outrageous challenge. Um, you know, and, you know, I'll just quickly say that I think Gallagher is Gallagher's a decent player, but that's a, that's a man who's came to Pitodri, um with something to, with something to prove um, on his first game back here, um, and he's just the red mist has been down there, and he's just absolutely idiotic challenge um, initially on Coulson, and then obviously gets him no, gets the second yellow, gets himself sent off, um, which I thought was embarrassing from him. Um, but after that, yeah, like I say, we get we, no as soon as we go one up. Um, I thought it just we looked so comfortable, and when we were, you know, we've said before and here about you want us to go after teams, um, you know, they're you know, rather than just thinking right they're down to ten and we're one up, more goals will come. I thought as soon as as soon as it happened, we just went right after them and we're looking to get looking to get more, um, and you know, after after we went one 0 up, I, I, there was I was at no point I felt that we were really going to in any danger of losing the game. Um, and it was it, you know, it, it did get to a point where you're thinking how many, um, but that's what you want to see. You know, when you, you need to take advantage of things like that because we've seen it so many times in the past where we've been been careless in these type of situations. Um, so if this is you no, know, again, and like you say, you have to caveat it was against ten men, so it's you no, know, you can't get too carried away. But you also have to say say that St Mirren are you no, know, you no, know, obviously they're struggling. They seem to be struggling at the moment. Um, but you know they've got some decent players in that team, and the fact that we, we managed to just take advantage and just brush them aside um, was really excellent to see. Yes, the biggest league win since a 4-1 win against St Mirren last season, which obviously solved all our problems and uh, made for a thrilling second half to that <laughs> league campaign. Um, but the first two goals uh, from our new number nine, um, Bojan Miofsky, now, um, Anthony scoring penalties is great. It's a, a key part of um, you know a lot of strikers' goal tallies. But what I thought was really impressive from him were the poacher attributes he demonstrated in scoring the second. Because uh, you know I wasn't, I haven't been entirely sure what kind of striker we're getting here. It's but you know Parkhead, we saw some evidence that he's going to be good in the air and okay at link up, but. Saturday demonstrated that he can score the sort of goals that a striker, a typical number nine, thrives on. 
Yeah, that's the exact kind of goal Alan Rooney used to score, isn't it? Really, you know, just get just a wee touch, you know, it's just faintest of touch, really, that's managed to, to guide it in. And, you know, I think you're right. We, we're not quite sure, um, you know, what kind of forward he is, but let's hope he's an all-rounder because he seems to have that, uh, you know, good good link-up with a couple of tackling players already. You know, I think we've seen in the, I remember from the Cup game, uh, there was that one-two play with Vicente. I think it was Dumbarton game, I think, or it was Wraith. It might have been Wraith. Anyway, where Vicente should have scored a lovely, you know, one-two into his path and he, he was one-on-one. -on -one. But, yeah, he seems to bring a lot, uh, lot to the team in terms of that. And like you say, we've been crying out for a, a prolific striker, really. And that was a very much an Adam Rooney-esque goal. And uh, obviously with his penalties as well. It's refreshing to see a left-footed striker as well. I don't, I don't think we've had too many of them uh, recently, like an out-and-out striker. So, uh, yeah, really, really impressive what I've seen with him so far. And I think he's going to have a really good season. That's just, you know, my, my take on it so far. Well, again, it's early days, but, uh, yeah, really impressed so far. Uh, Matt, uh, have we uh, have we got a bargain in our half million pound signing? Well, hopefully, um, you know it's uh, we have obviously spent a lot, you know, in, relatively speaking, and, and in, certainly in recent years compared to previous uh, regimes, we, we've 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 you know Jim Goodwin's been given the money that you know that we've earned from Calvin Ramsey, Lewis Ferguson deal. So hopefully he can uh, uh, he, he spent well, and you know time will tell. You know, I mean Goodwin has post match I think said that uh, Miofsky's still not. 100% fit and you could see at points I suppose where he, he, his decision making might have been a little bit off you know I think he went one on one it was actually in the build up to the uh, to the Clarkson goal to be fair where he, he could have had his hat trick but you know he seemed a little bit hesitant but no certainly if you can um, if he knows where the net is if, from six yards you know we've got you give him the balls in the box because you know the, the timing for the, the ball in from Hayes was brilliant especially because it took a deflection so you know he just knew where to get there and they've, they've obviously worked on that in the last few weeks so uh, long may that continue anyway. As very often happens, and has already happened for us twice already this season in the League Cup games, a dominant first half and halftime scoreline very often leads to a pretty uh, featureless second half. Uh, and so it really was on Saturday, by and large. Martin Samirin got a cheap penalty to get back in the game. Um but we scored a lovely fourth goal to make sure that everyone was leaving with a smile on their face. And it, it really was good football. And uh, one of the few evidence uh, that we've seen, sadly, of uh, of Christian Romero's getting in, involved in something outside the box, actually. Yeah, I mean, we're, no, the, the Ramirez is going to be, um, well, whether, whether he is going to be here all season is another thing. But the Ramirez is going to be... Um, an interesting one. What happens with what happens to him um, going forward? But came on, a good a good ball from him. I thought it was no. A good, it's good to see him get involved. And no, if he's not going to be scoring goals, you want him to be. If he's coming on, you want him to be involved. You want to be him at least creating, helping create stuff, um, because he's he is a good player. And if he's going to be here, then you, know, you want him to be you know full, full of confidence. And that will helped as well. And it was a really good ball. Um, great from. Great from Lopez, well that just that little dink, dink to get it past the keeper as well. Um, you know, Lopez is one where, you know, we've, um, we've 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 seen, you know, we saw in his obviously when he made his debut, we saw um, you know, that he's got ability, but he's also you know maybe just um, a bit raw. Um, so to, for him to be able to, for him to do that as well, again another one where you, where a, a new player um, endears himself to the crowd by but with something like that. Um, and I think that, I think that is important um, for for new players to do to do that. You know, get on the get goals up, goals on the board early, um, and so the the fan the fans will take to him. I mean, we want we want obviously want them all to do well anyway, but things like that 
um, will really get will really get the crowd on side. Yeah, I think it's likely that his exuberance anyway would have got uh, would have got a lot of supporters on side. He's yeah. uh, he's a very involved character it seems. Um, but uh, but yeah, he had looked like a a fairly blunt instrument until um, Saturday's uh, display of finesse and finishing that goal for his first uh, Aberdeen goal. Um, now obviously he is Luis Lopez on here. By the way, just for the avoidance of any doubt whatsoever, just like it was J. Emmanuel Thomas last year, it's Luis, Luis Lopez this year. Um, manager post match uh, believes we can do better. Um, pointed out that it was versus ten men for most of the game. Uh, I I think, well, I hope he's right in the first front, and I certainly know that he's right to make that second point because uh it is just one game and we've kind of been here before hoping you know thinking that one maybe two even three games in a row mean that everything's sorted and everything's all right but this very much remains a work in progress Anthony yeah absolutely and I think you know what we what the for me personally the real problem we had last season was just giving away cheap goals and you know you did mention it was it was a soft pen really I guess you know maybe Johnny Hayes wasn't the wisest thing to to go in and make a challenge like that, you know, that close to the, you know, just outside the box, or right inside the box, I guess, right on the line, really. But, uh, no, I think Goobin was, was right in his appraisal of it. I think he knows, you know, we have had that, like you did mention it, with the kind of the cup games, the second half in games, has kind of been a bit of a, a slow starter, really. We haven't really got going, and maybe we've managed to nick a goal, uh, you know, to, to, ease the, to ease the nerves, I guess. Um, but... You know, just just that lack of clean sheets last season was really was a real sticking point for me, and I think Goodwin will be desperate to you know to just make just make wins more comfortable, really, because again last season even some of the games we did win, uh, you know, we kind of just edged it out, and you know it's what Wells shows great character in that to be able to do that. You want you want to kind of go home, uh, sorry, enjoy the last you know part of the game, stress free, and uh, you know end up looking forward to the next one. But uh, no, I think I think it was a good assessment of the game from Goodwin and. Uh, you know, another home game now. We want a similar performance. We want to show that steely resolve as well that we can keep clean sheets and uh, you know secure you know dominant victories. Ah, oh, what a great segue into uh, discussing the Motherwell uh, match, Anthony. You're an old pro already at this because it is the fixture list has been, with the exception of uh, I suppose the opening day visit to Parkhead, the fixture list has been. Relatively kind, I think you would say. I think, you know, there was a run of games, uh, certainly this month uh, and the start of next month, which look, on paper, winnable. Uh, and Motherwell are one of those, which seems a little bit dumb, uh, disingenuous to say, really, because, um, obviously, amongst the multiple wrongs to sort from last season, um, we couldn't beat Motherwell in four attempts. Uh, Stephen Glass losing, his thir- uh, losing the first three and then... Uh, Jim Goodwin's first game in charge at Fir Park. Uh, you know, you can argue the toss about how much impact he would have had on that uh, performance and, and, and team selection. Uh, but certainly it was probably, despite the fact they didn't lose, it was probably the least impressive performance of the four. Um, it's a model team who right now, uh, Matt, could probably rival St Mirren in the status of early season crisis club. Uh, I mean, those atrocious defeats to Sligo, and obviously they've already lost their manager, Yeah, it's um, not not been a good start for them, and obviously, as you say, losing their manager this early on just shows you, like you know, they're in probably for a tough season. Yeah, they might get a new manager bounce whoever comes in, but realistically, we need to be taking advantage of teams without without managers, and uh, we need to kind of put the right uh, 
uh, the wrongs from last season, right? And uh, hopefully we can do that. And you know, confident. You know, we're expecting a big crowd again. Uh, hopefully the same kind of performance. And if you've just got to be patient, but you know, they'll they'll be trying new things as well. As well, they'll be trying to tweak a few things. There might be a few tweaks to the change uh, to the teams now. So, but they definitely have to go and um, go for the kill. I think. And if if you can start like you did the other day, um, then then we're on to a winner because they they will be feeling fragile right now, especially given that they don't have a gaffer. Fragile. Fragile is a good word, Matt. Uh, and Martin, I'll tell you why. Because last season against uh, Motherwell, we were the very definition of fragile. We were completely roughed up by their approach to game. Kevin Van Veen, I think, has probably scored 10 goals in Scotland, and I'm pretty certain seven of them have been against Aberdeen. Are we more <laughs> equipped this season to deal with that sort of team? I think we are, yeah. Um, I think defensively we look a lot better. Um I think you know. I think throughout the team, really, I think we're far, far better than we were last last season. Um, we certainly don't look as soft. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole the whole complaints I had about you know their midfield last season um, and certain carrying the having to cut the Luke Ferguson having to carry the captain. Um, I just think that we're 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 a, we're a totally different prospect this season, um, and I'm that's why I'm I'm, I'm so positive. Um, Anthony Stewart, I'm been really impressed with him so far. Um, you know, we've spoke about scales as well, looking looking good. Um, you know, I think you no, know, a huge fan of um, Ross McCrory's. Uh, and you, know, you look you look at the players, you know, the players we bought in, you know, Ramadani, Mayowski. You know, there's so much so much to like about these guys who seem to just be, you know, most most of them, if not all of them, seem to be an upgrade on what we had last season. Uh, and yeah, the, the, particularly those games against Motherwell last season. Um, you know, there was a lot of last. Let's be honest. There was a lot of last season that was really, really hard to take. Um, but you know, the 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 home the the home game against Motherwell, where they just um, where Van Veen just ragdolled. Well, the away one as well. The one where he had one shoulder and he was still, you know, he was still just beating up beating up on our players, um, and they just had nothing nothing to kind of counteract that that with. Um, and it just there was a softness there. Um, you'd like to think that that Goodwin has has identified that. I'm sure he has. I mean, I said, I said what I said. Before, I think the first or second episode we did after he he was appointed manager that you know he'll have looked at Aberdeen and seen what the faults are, and I you know been able as a as an opposing manager to identify those faults pretty easy, um, which is why when he came in, you know, he did say um, the defense would be you know, the defense would be relatively easy to fix. Um, it took him longer than we hoped it would, but you know he seems to have fixed it. And I think that totally different, totally different animal this season. Uh, Motherwell, yeah, club club in, in crisis at the moment. You know, obviously sacking the, sacking the manager. Um, you know, horrific European exit. Um, and there are there are teams that you you, you look at their squad, um, and that's a team that you know you would, you know, the, their fans could you know, would rightly be worried about this season because there's not a lot for them to be positive about. Um, whereas you know. Aberdeen fans, you know, with a with a modicum of just you no know, keeping the heed, um, I think that we should be looking at you know a, a real real positive positivity and a real you no know, looking up at the top end of the division this season. Okay, Martin, just writing those down. Ninth uh, of August, twenty twenty two. He seems to have fixed the defence, and we should be looking at the top end of a table this season. Oh, you're, I'm looking forward okay. to you le- leathering me in like the in November about this when we get beat like five 0 by somebody. 
Um, the, the cavalcade of signings isn't stopping yet, it would seem, Anthony. Um, Goodwin's uh, restricting himself to saying one more to come in. Uh, where do we think? Which area of the team? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the whole Conor Ronan saga is the one that's been dragged on. Uh, we don't know really, you know, where, where Wolves stand with that. I think he's been involved in, you know, a couple of the squads, but not really playing, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think now with, with Leighton Clarkson's, you know, his immediate impact and the brilliant goal, maybe suggest that we could possibly, you know, leave that position. And I think, you know, just add, like Martin said there about the defence, I still think we need another one to really shore up that um that area, you know, especially someone who could maybe play right back and and centre half as well, you know, and I guess it's it's going to be quite circumstantial because we don't know what's happening with David Bates, you know, I think a move fell through, didn't it, to, to Poland, um, I'm not sure if he was injured, I don't know if Goodwin mentioned it after the game, but he wasn't obviously on the bench at the weekend, so maybe there's another move being lined up for him, so if he was to go, then of course we need another another defender, I think we could do with one anyway, whether it's a loan or whether it's a permanent, just to you know to give us that depth because I'm sure we all we don't want to repeat the last season where we're going and losing Tannadice and ending up with Scott Brown and Dean Campbell <laughs> playing at centre half. So uh, yeah, for me we definitely need some more cover there, and uh, you know hopefully yeah, we'll be able to get that done. Obviously there's still plenty of time uh, really before the window shuts, so I'm sure uh, Goodwin and the, the recruitment team are, are working on that. Yeah, Conor Ronan uh, was on the bench for Wolves at Elland Road at the weekend. Uh, Matt, I mean, Conor Ronan's one who's got a previous association with the manager. Um, McGrath was obviously another one um, who, you know, we were in for. There are others that we've missed out on this season. Um, you know, I, I know we were, we did have conversations with um, Alan Forrest before he went to Hearts. Um, but uh, would you be? Are you overly disappointed at missing out on Jamie McGrath? And would you be disappointed if we were to miss out on Conor Ronan? Um, probably no to both, to be honest. I, I actually, you know, Anthony touched on it there. I think the impact of Leighton Clarkson has given them a, uh, maybe something that they weren't thinking about, perhaps. And, you know, if, if those deals are gone, then so be. You know, it's almost like you get the fear of overloading too much by bringing in another kind of attacking minded player perhaps um, given the fact that the whole attacking uh, options have changed really this season so I I would be thinking defensive is, is where they're maybe going to go but um, it is obviously disappointing to miss out on players but you know there's you know the likes of a Clarkson kind of came out of nowhere really you know and um, so you've got to kind of take that as right well they're obviously doing their homework elsewhere as well you know they're picking up these players he might very well be in a second choice but you know it's it's obviously worked out and hopefully if they can get the the you know if they get that one more player in whatever it is you know hopefully they can make an impact or at least beef up the squad a bit because you know as he, as he touched on you know you don't want to be going to the likes of Ibrox or somewhere where you're really down to the bare bones and players having to change positions and so on so um but yeah I, I would think that if it's not the big, it's not the end of the world missing out on these two players. <clears throat> Martin, it's it, it's very much going to have to be centre back, isn't it? I think it will be. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've also spoke about that spoke about the midfield, and I've said you no know, that it's great that it's great that um, Ross McCrory can slot in back there when needed, but. No, I don't want him there. Um, I want him. I want him in the midfield. That's where he does his best work. That's where he gets forward with the ball, um, and you know, and can do more damage. So, um, I think that you know, as we, as we mentioned there, um, 
you know, we don't know what's happening with David Bates. If he's going to if he's going to be sticking about and he's going to be fit, then perhaps no, there isn't the need for it to bring somebody else in. But if if Bates is happy to be backup, which he which he will be, um, but uh, I, w- it, I would think it, ha- it has to be some it, looking at it. It has to be somebody at centre half just to strengthen it, um, just to get a bit of backup for backup for Scales. Obviously, Scales is our is now now left back as well, um, and we need somebody that we need somebody there who can step in. Um, obviously, we know, I know obviously they've got um, Jack Milne, uh, who can who can play as well, um, but he's a young player. Obviously, I saw he got sent off in the the um, SPFL Trophy tonight um, away to Brora, um, so. Um, obviously, a lot to learn from him. Learn for him, but he's oh, he's more than one for the future. Yeah, Jack Milne's been the defender on the bench uh, the last couple of games. Uh, leaving aside the David Bates situation, uh, Matt, uh, who do you see departing the squad? Because um, again, the, the chat from the match at the weekend was, you know, we're carrying twenty-five players. I think was the number he used, um, and he'd like to have a squad of twenty-two. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it might be one of the one of the young loan one of the young boys to go out on loan or something like that. But, you know, I'm still maybe of the opinion that Ramirez might leave, to be honest. I don't think he'll be keen to play second fiddle to anybody. Now, it's nice having three strikers really um, as options. I think it's something we've not really had, to be honest. Um, But he almost now does look like he's fallen down the pecking order. And, um, you know, he's definitely got a, a part to play. But, you know, there's every chance that he's probably thinking going back, going back to the States and then, so I think if it's going to be any senior first player, first team player, I think it'll probably be Ramirez. Anthony, uh, I mean, a couple of un- other candidates, Conor McLennan, obviously. Um, Marley Watkins yeah. has been really underwhelming, bar a couple of games really uh, in this spell. Um, if you're looking at players going out on loan, um, I mean, Ryan Duncan's been in and about the first team squad, but surely with the plethora of wingers mm. that we have signed, um, some loan time would probably be a good idea for him. I think Colin McLennan would probably be the most likely of, of, of that trio you mentioned there to go. I mean, he hasn't featured in any of the, the League Cup games. At least Ryan Duncan and, and uh, Watkins were getting, you know, substantial minutes really, uh, you know, across the, the games. So that sort of suggests that, you know, they, they I think Ryan Duncan is one that, you know, I think he's shown in his, his you know, brief cameo so far that he could have a an impact on games for us. But I think Colin McLennan, whether it's a loan or a permanent, because I'm sure there are teams, you know, Maybe in the championship, uh, I don't, I don't know. If, I'm not quite sure on McLean. I think the jury's still out on him. You know, he's he's still young, which is kind of mad when you think he's been around the, the first team pitcher for a few seasons now. But I would say he's he's probably more unlikely to, you know, if, if there was if one of those players was to depart, I think it would be him. And uh, you know, hopefully we can find some takers for him because, you know, he 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 still definitely can still go on to have a, have a good career, whether it's Aberdeen or elsewhere, we don't know. But yeah, I think if someone was to go, it would probably be him. Yeah, brace yourself for this. Conor McLennan is still only 22, um, <laughs> which seems ridiculous, really. Um, so, there we are. That's uh, our first po- podcast of the season. A positive one. Who says we don't do positive uh, shows on here? A 4-1 victory on Saturday over St. Mirren, setting us up nicely for the visit of Motherwell on Saturday. Well, hopefully, we'll make it two home wins in a row. Uh, then we can maybe move on to the a small matter of fixing our horrendous away form. Um, but, you know, small steps, small steps, everybody. Uh, anyway, my thanks tonight to Anthony Evans. Anthony, thank you. How was that for your first time? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, guys. It was good to, like you say, just hear some kind of positivity about Aberdeen, given the, 
you know, the horrendous year we had last year, you know, for all concerned. Uh, and like I say, optimism is certainly, uh, you know, up right now. And let's hope for some good performances this month. We've got some, you know, winnable fixtures and uh, let's get some momentum going, into, you know, the rest of the season. Good to have you on, Anthony. Thank you. And to uh, Matt, um, thank you very much for coming back on. Matt Finlay. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully there's not a pandemic between the next time I come on. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's good to come back on and uh, looking forward to listening to you out throughout the season as well. Oh, thanks as ever to Martin Clunas. Thanks, Martin. Cheers, Richard. All right, we we might even be back next week. You know, that's, that's a possibility. We might be back next week. Should uh, the momentum uh, from this Saturday continue, then we will be unstoppable. Two shows in seven days. Who thought it was possible? Anyway, uh, so let's all hope for an Aberdeen victory for that end and for lots of other reasons uh, on Saturday. And until next time, come on you Reds. <laughs> <laughs>